VoiceOver Coffee Shop, episode number 60. Welcome to the VoiceOver Coffee Shop, where we share our morning with some of the finest names in VoiceOver. And now, here's your host, voice actor Andrew Morrison. Hi there. My name is Andrew Morrison, and welcome to the VoiceOver Coffee Shop, where we start our day with some of the finest names in voiceover. If you'd like to get to know a little bit more about me, feel free to visit my website at www.andrewdmorrison.com. In this episode, we have the voiceover vixen herself, Gabrielle Nistico. Gab is a 20-year VO veteran and coach who has been trusted to voice some of the biggest companies on the planet. She also spends a lot of her time devoted to being a resource and helping other prospective talent achieve their career goals with her wealth of skills and knowledge. In this episode, we're going to talk about adding dimension to your read, not making your conversational read boring, and owning a human skull? <laughs> You'll have to see for yourself. So how are you doing today, Gabby? I'm doing great. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing awesome. Thanks for coming yeah, on. Absolutely. So how do you take your coffee in the morning? Black as my soul. That is, Black. yeah. Is yeah, that yeah, just yeah. for like vocal cord reasons or is that just a preference? No, that's just, that's just it. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm just a black coffee kind of girl. Yeah. Gotcha. Are you picking on yeah. the type of coffee it is or? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Like I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a coffee snob. Um, I like, I grind my own beans. I have Perfect. my own setup. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit ridiculous. Um, I do, I do prefer, um, like a, like a, a lighter roast, but I also like a lot of caffeine. So that kind of tends to work out for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, uh, yeah. I, when I go to Seattle, I like have to taste all the things oh, and try Seattle. all the, yeah. All the crazy blends. I did have green coffee the last time I was out there. Very peculiar animal. If it you've is. not. It is, it. but it's very high in caffeine. It's great. I, I like high it. high in caffeine. Um, the flavor is... It's interesting. Some... It's, it's, if, if you've mm -hmm. only had fully roasted coffee, it is an interesting flavor. Mm -hmm. Have you been out to uh, try the coffee in Bainbridge in Seattle? It's it's right off Puget Sound. No. Oh, no, I have fantastic. not. Fantastic. You have to take the ferry mm. next time you go. Okay. So, okay, uh, I can make that happen. <laughs> so, so how'd you get started in, in the world of voiceover? It was like, oh, what? my gosh. 25 years ago. Yeah, something like that. Um I don't even know now. I try not to I try not to count. Um yeah, so I was a punk ass kid uh working in radio and um you know thought I knew everything about everything and um got um hired to do like some side stuff for um I guess it happens to most people in radio. You end up getting asked to do out of market stuff or your material that you're doing for the production in the station gets bought mm. to be used out of market. And I figured out really quickly, like, oh, I can get paid a lot more money to do that. Yeah. So um, started kind of shifting that focus of like, how do I make more of that and less of that? And um, the strike that was taking place ironically the other writer strike an earlier writer strike since we're going through one now mm -hmm. um that took place in the 90s um which was kind of a, a huge to do at the time and i mean i knew like literally i knew nothing i knew nothing about what i was doing um i started getting hired to do 
some voiceover work in, in and around Manhattan. And yeah, that just kind of snowballed from there. And then I started sort of figuring it out. But I, I think, you know, the joke is I got my ass kicked up one side of Manhattan and back down the other because I really didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I was sort of on my own to just kind of figure it out because back then, yeah, they, we didn't have what we have now with coaching right. and everything else. It was just kind of a free for all. So yeah, started, started studying and um, just kind of figure, figuring it out. Literally. Um, I took every job I could get behind the scenes. So I started working in advertising and I took a part-time gig working at a studio in like their, you know, their C room, just so I could get into the, the production side of things, more hands on that way. And I really kind of like backdoored my way in because I, I knew that if I learned the business side and I learned how it worked, I would have a much better understanding of what the hell went on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Then eventually casting and all that good stuff. Yeah. So when you were first starting out, what was like one of the biggest mistakes that you ended up making and, and where, where you kind of realized, okay, I kind of don't know where I was doing. Like, do you remember that moment where you, where you did something you were like, yeah, I didn't oh, yeah. know what I'm doing it. Oh yeah. Like I was a cocky asshole. Like I, yeah, <laughs> like I was, you know, I was a kid. I was like, you know, like I would look at me now and go, shut up. Right. you know, like just shut, sit down, shut the fuck up. Like you've no right to like, just, just shut up. Um, it was like it, you, you, typical, typical stories out of radio. Like it was too big. All my reads were too bold. Everything mm. was just too much. It was too like theatrical and look at me. It wasn't, it wasn't about the copy. It was about me showing off or thinking right. I was somehow showing off vocally. And I had no concept or no, no real connection to the words on the page. So, yeah. So what was the first thing that you did that worked? Um, the first thing that I did that worked, gosh, um, well, let's categorize it commercially or we'll, we'll say business wise, where, where something that you, when you first implemented it into your business, you started to see growth, whether that was a read, whether that was a tool, whether that was. Um, some kind of way that you started structuring yourself? Like what was something that you did when you started to see that you you were kind of declining when you were starting out? What what did you do that kind of worked? I know that's a broad question. It is, it is. Um, the things that's, that I started to see that worked, um, I, I mean, I'll give you a, a, a couple. Like, you know, yeah. the big one was I was such a hustler. I at least had a good sense of of the business side of things and the monetary side of things. So mm -hmm. I I was always like, how do I maximize the money? How do I make this advantageous for me and for the client? So I was really early on, like big on how do I turn everything into a retainer? How do I try to give <laughs> clients as much incentive as possible yes. to to, to do some kind of a contract or a retainer agreement for me um, or with me that keeps the money, you know, coming in steadily. So, so that was like a big win. And I would do, do things like that early on. So even, even my commercial work early on was retainer based with smaller mm -hmm. clientele. Yeah. 
And um, because I came, I came out of, you know, a lot of radio imaging work and I did so much right. retainer stuff there that I was like, Ooh, maybe I can make this work over here. And I mean, not ever having been told, no, I just was like, Hey, let's try it. Right. And, and, you, and, and it kind of worked. And you just finished writing a book about uh, radio imaging, the official guide to. Oh, not just. Oh, God, I've had that oh. thing for. Yeah, that's been around for a long time. Oh, I saw the publication yeah. date, February something, twenty twenty three. Oh no! Oh no! That gotcha. might be like an update. That Maybe. might be like an update date. Yeah, like Maybe. I mean that that sucker has been around a long time. Yeah, I, gotcha. it's its first date of publication was back in the early two thousands. Okay. Do, yeah. do you still yeah. think everything in there is relevant or, or have you been updating I mean, it? Or... I always update my books. I update right. them pretty, pretty frequently. Honestly, imaging is, is probably interestingly enough. It's the thing I've walked away from the most here lately. Really? Um, yeah. There's been such a decline in imaging work and in, in those kinds of contracts over the years and so much of what's gone on with radio and the conglomerates and, and all of the downsizing mm -hmm. that imaging just doesn't have it's not as lucrative as it as it used to be for for most talent. So, um, I've stopped promoting it a lot. I don't engage. I still have stations, but I don't do nearly what I used to with it. My the majority of my work now is commercial. Well, with uh, with trends changing and stuff like that, what are new avenues of voiceover that you've seen kind of pop up this year? Um, I mean, I don't think there's been anything that's like super new this year, but in general, I mean, you know, the corporate stuff is just, it, it feels like every day there's some new category or new thing that's, that's happening there because there's so much growth in the tech sphere. And every right. time there's some new technology that's implemented, there's a voiceover that goes with it. Um, the metaverse stuff has been really interesting because yeah. we hear that, you know, bandied around all the time now. Oh, yeah. Metaverse um, work is fun. Yeah. It's yeah, it can be. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's there's been a lot of that kind of thing. Um, yeah, those are those are kind of the big, the big growth areas, I think. Um, but I mean, you know, there's still there's still a ton of work. Oh yeah, there's so crazy. much work. It's crazy. And I think the technology only, you know, fuels it. Like it it only mm -hmm. brings us more opportunities, not less. So right. yeah, I'm all for that. And I was um, speaking of like, uh, we, we were talking about how you're leaning more towards commercial and we've seen mm -hmm. all of these scripts that are constantly saying conversational. Read. Oh, yeah. I loved what you had recently said about how the conversational read, people are starting to go towards boring and, yeah. and they're, and like, like, could you speak a little bit more on that? Cause oh, I, yeah. I, that was great. Yeah. It's just, I've noticed it with, with casting. And I mean, I don't do a lot of castings anymore because I used to. Um, and it's one of the reasons I walked away from it because I felt like it was taking away too much of my own time as as a voice actor. But what little I dabble in it now and and what insights I do see from my casting friends, there's there's sort of this plague of actors who like see the specs and they really just kind of take this very down sort of note and it's the face kind of glazes over and you right. can see where it's very flat. Right. It's like they're overcorrecting way too much. Clearly Amazon's here. <laughs> Clearly. Because, <laughs> because we must, we must kill the Amazon driver that, that has oh, to be yeah. what that is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Must take a chunk out of Amazon. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah. But yeah, it just seems people are like overcorrecting in the wrong direction where like yeah. the point of conversational is to be is to actually have a conversation to talk right. to somebody instead of at somebody. But they get conversational as okay, well, how would I normally talk on the phone? Okay, well, I guess I conversationally talk like this. And it's so, so flat. I'm going to just talk like Doug, that. Like, yeah, and you're not yeah. really connecting with the with that's the point. No. They want somebody right. to connect instead of just here's a bunch of information. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. there's the the other piece to that puzzle is I think that the younger generation has sort of overcorrected as well because in their mind it is much flatter. In mm -hmm. their mind it is it is much more downturned. And they tend to be a little bit more understated. So even with their friend group, with their peers, you know, they tend to not emote as much. Right. But it's still an overcorrection. It's still too right. far. Because I do think there is a way to be big without being loud. Yeah. You know sure. what I mean? There, there is mm -hmm. a way to kind of con like connect with that script and, and kind of utilize it like you're having a conversation, but like having maybe an across the room conversation or just something Absolutely. with a little more energy where like, hey, I actually care about this product. Like Absolutely. <laughs> definitely, definitely. There's there's always that possibility. And it's always, you know, there's always something. There's always some little thing that we can find that can spark at least a basic human interest piece and, and we can stop and go, yeah, okay, I can see myself in this. And this this reminds me of, you know, an interaction that I had maybe a few days ago, or it's similar to what I ran into last week. I mean, we just have to dig a little bit deeper and realize that sometimes those those less memorable conversations are are moments we need to cherish. We need to actually imprint them a little bit. Right. And I don't necessarily like to use only my own experiences. Can't. I, I like to people watch. Yeah. Because if I can see like um, a, a man older than myself um, who who's maybe ordering a cup of coffee or, or going through some kind of conversation with a store clerk, seeing how he's speaking and like how he's interacting with this person, that's another character now. And and that helps to, to kind of add add a little little more flavor to specs. In all my years of doing this, I've never met, and I and I won't just limit it to actors. I think mm -hmm. creatives, period, right? The whole creative industry. Mm -hmm. We we're 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 sick. Like we're weird. I I mean I I admit that. I know that. Yeah. We, like, I mean we we sit in padded rooms and talk to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah, to be a little weird for this job. Absolutely. <laughs> but like one of our favorite pastimes with friends, if you've noticed this, like we we people watch. And not we only do. do we people watch, we turn it into an activity. We do. Like, right? Me and my creative friends, like we can sit on a bench and just mm. like start making up narratives and giving oh, absolutely. traits and then telling a story. It's like it's it's like improv. Oh, I do that all the time while i'm yeah. driving so even if i can't see who's dry who's in front if i can only see the back of their head i'll create like an yes. entire story for yes. that person like oh he um he's probably going like out i see he's got something in the back of his truck he's probably going on this really long drive because he needs to go finish delivering this package but he's a little bit despaired because his wife just cheated <laughs> on him and he he's gonna go and he has to finish dropping this off and he doesn't know whether he wants to turn around oh, home going. or go to a local bar hey. in alabama and like <laughs> I do it with dogs. Like I do it with, with dogs? yeah, dogs. Oh yeah, dogs are great. Like to go to the dog park and like give 
different breeds and different personalities narratives outside and anthropomorphize them i don't know i i, so I have much fun. I, i've tried so much fun. i i will say that i've i have tried with dogs but i always get like that very stereotypical well hello like yeah. i always get like it always resorts back to that like and and for for female dogs i immediately think of uh what what is her name she was the voice of the oscars um I cannot remember her name, but, um, but not Ra Randy Thomas. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. It's, oh, they're okay. always the voice of Randy Thomas for all oh, dogs are the funny. voice of Randy Thomas, all female dogs. How funny is that? Because oh that's what a lot of media thinks of as like the female okay. broadcast voice. You know what I mean? I'll it, tell it, you, it's, if you terrible. haven't seen it, there's a show, there's an animated show called housebroken. Lisa Kudrow is, uh -huh. is the main character. It's uh -huh. phenomenal. Hey, phenomenal yeah it's great it's um it's it's really really quite funny she plays a dog who's also a therapist uh -huh. to an, a group of dogs and it is it's priceless it's a great cast it's super funny fantastic it's worth checking out yeah um so, i think it's on hulu or netflix one of them but okay anyway, yeah um we can check yeah. that out. but it's it is it's it's a and, and it's funny because that act of just doing that right what we're talking about that playing if you will those i think are always the people that are the best at script interpretation and analyzing right. and backstory and you know taking those leaps off of the page that are necessary to come up with the their character right because without that it's kind of all one dimensional mm -hmm. yeah and it's it, it's and I see people struggle without that imagination, without mm -hmm. that ability to play. That's where I see people get really stuck, and it's it's um it's hard because it's not really something you can teach. You just have to sort of right. give people the opportunity and the freedom to go out there and do it and just have fun with it and see what happens. Well, with you being a coach, what are different ways that you do teach to at least add another dimension to the read? Oh gosh. Um, so it, well, it depends on the person. Of course. Yeah. So, well, and I, and I try to categorize people because, um, there's two, there's two main boxes that I find students typically fit into. There's the creative crowd and there's the analytical crowd. Right. I so my, my creatives, I, I'm able to really go places with them. I'm able right. to kind of tap into their experiences and, and we're able to, to talk very cerebrally and we're able to come up with, you know, very kind of fantastical ideas based on their experiences that we can use to fuel what they're going to do and what their process is going to look like. And their process might be extremely unique to them, but it works. Right. The analytical folks, on the other hand, it has to almost be treated like a math problem. It yeah. really is like, okay, we have to make this numeric. And so for them, I'm always like, let's take these concepts like let's take these ideas of like okay emotions right mm -hmm. emotions are broad they're difficult like we we have all these these components of them that can be for some people just baffling mm -hmm. and i'm like all right let's let's strip it away let's make it really simple we take a base emotion quantify it with a number mm -hmm. how strong is it first of all right go 1 to 10 mm -hmm. it's almost like psychotherapy in that respect because it's the same principles behind it 
And then it's now you've given it a number. Now darken it. Give it, give it a shade. Like literally color it in. Right. How how dark is the box based on the number? It's the same process because if they can see it, if we can make it more tangible, mm-hmm. then they're able to connect with it. So that becomes that process. Okay. Now let me give you a gray area between the sure. two. What about an introverted creative? Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I relate to that. Totally. Right. So so, <laughs> so, so how do you kind of get where you, where you know there's a feeling there and you know there's a dimension mm-hmm. that you can add, but it's not the microphone's not quite picking it up. If that, if that makes mm. well, the microphone's going to pick up anything, but you're not quite able to, to project it. How, how, what, what are different things you would teach to add dimensions then? Different like techniques somebody could do to kind of like something, something someone could play with. So, you know, obviously physicality is so huge, mm-hmm. right? The physical expression of sound, the physical expression of, of everything that, that to me is paramount. I mean, it's, it's all in what we do. It's how we emote. You know, I, I'm, I'm always stealing from Bob Bergen, right? Physically play the role. The voice right. will follow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the mantra. Yeah. Um, so, so anything I can do to get somebody more engaged from a physical standpoint mm-hmm. and to not listen to themselves, but rather to just let the body take the lead regardless yeah. of what that vocally sounds like, mm-hmm. even if it's uncomfortable, because it might be, it might, it might yield a sound that isn't great, yeah, but that's very honest. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we're striving for ultimately. Yeah. Um, so that could be part of it. Um, other things that I'm always, I always feel like I'm introducing people to, um, how to color their words, how to make a word move and dance and do something without it just being louder or softer or, you know, underlined or bold, you know, the typical things that we're seeing on the page. Yeah. I use back rasp. Yeah. Because it fits in my voice. So I can go, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, when I, when I do like a car commercial, the new Ford. Like, you know, just that little, little yeah. tickle. Yeah. Yep. 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 So what can we do there? Um, gosh, it's, and it, it, there's so many different things. It just, it, it depends on the individual situation that I'm Yeah. I just wanted to at. pick your yeah. brain and brain and yeah. see what was fresh, you know? Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, yeah, there's always little things. Um, so much of what I feel like I'm, I'm spending time with people on right now mm-hmm. is the understanding that. Um, as funny as this may seem, that uh, the nice guy, in a weird way, does finish last right now, right. because you know the 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 veneer that that overly polished commercial sound. Oh, I know. Right, it's passe. So because of that, everybody wants something that's a little bit dirtier, a little bit richer, a little bit more interesting. So. To just put on the happy, smiley commercial sound, mm-hmm. it's not quite going to cut it. So we have to go into that a little bit more and characterize that announcer and give him some depth to yeah. make him more interesting. Huh. Otherwise, you know, he's just the pretty boy next door and, right. you know, everybody's kind of over him. They're, they're just like, yeah, all right, whatever. Yep. They've heard enough of him. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So what do, you, what do you think right now your biggest room for improvement would be? Mine? Oh, man. Um, hmm. 
I mean, for me... Because the, the only consistent thing in business is change. Things oh, always yeah. change. So oh, it doesn't have oh. to be something that you've been oh, lacking. No it doubt. could be something you're adapting to. No, no doubt. Um, time management is always a challenge for me because right. there's always so much. And I'm just pulled in so many different directions. Um, so that's that's always a struggle for me. Um, I think right now uh, I'm doing a little bit of reinventing in some areas and I'm kind of reprioritizing some focuses. So I'm really having to determine what am I letting go of? Hmm. And that can be hard because yeah. just, just that fact, right? It's hard to let go. Hmm. It's hard to let go of something that you've spent time cultivating and doing and nurturing and right. for any length of time. And now you're what? what do you mean? I'm just going to stop doing it. <laughs> right. It's, it's almost habit. And it's, it's so ingrained in your day that, yeah, now I'm like, oh, shit. So I have to, I have to make a conscious effort to extract myself from those things. And, um, and that's proving to be a challenge sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man. Yeah. So, um, so some of them I'm backing out of slowly and some, I just have to kind of cut the cord and go, all right, not doing that anymore. New direction. Yeah. Now, the first thing that popped into your brain was time management. Have you found any tools maybe this year or within the past couple of months that, that have helped improve your time management? Um, I, you know, again, this is why I have staff and right. this is why I have great people. And this is why I delegate because mm -hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what they're here for. Right. Um, I will tell you um, a great story that... Um, I haven't yet turned into my own YouTube post and, and it's, Ooh, I, I will, sneak peek. yeah, I will at some point, but sure. I mean, <laughs> I might as well. Um, I'm usually, I'm very big on, you know, managing my own money and, and the business side of things and being on top of all of that. Right. I had a really embarrassing situation mm -hmm. um, that led to some really, uh, two mismanaged accounts last year. And I kind of kept going, I'm going to get it fixed. I'm going to get, I'm going to get it dealt with. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to deal with it, but was procrastinating and, and ultimately just kept putting it off. Mm -hmm. And I finally, you know, I, I think I was just, I don't know. I was just, it was just ego. It was hubris just getting in the way of, of me going, I need help. Mm -hmm. And I finally had this weird epiphany in my car and I was like, all right, you need to suck this up. You need to bring in somebody. You need some help with this. And it was a, who are you going to call kind of moment. And I went, dumbass, you're going to call one of your agents. You're going to, you're going to bring in somebody who does this every single day and you're going to pay them to fix this. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh my God, I'm so stupid. So I did just that. And um, I ended up having this lovely conversation with one of my reps who, in a matter of like 20 minutes, this thing that I was dreading, that I was putting off for as long as I was, he lifted like this massive boulder off of me, mm -hmm. was like, yeah, this is so not a big deal. I've got it. We'll t I'll t completely take care of this in-house. This is not a problem at all. Do you want me to maintain it moving? Like every, and I'm like, what was I think? Like, why was I putting this off as long as I was? Like, why yeah. was I 
yeah, it was so bizarre that I was just, it was like, I, I must do it myself. I cannot I have admit con- some kind of hint of what it was. Cause I mean, I, I don't need um, specifics, but that was pretty vague. Very <laughs> simply, very simply. It was a contract mm-hmm. that had expired oh. and it had expired midterm in the middle of the year and neither myself or my accountant had caught it, but I had continued to do work for the company and what it came uh, down to was they owed me a lot of money mm-hmm. and somebody had to go through and not only go back and collect but then renegotiate the contract moving forward for the new year and this happened not once but it happened twice gotcha. yeah and it's it's not an easy feat either when you're dealing with these big corporations and you know NBCs and iHearts and these kinds of things. It, it's right. it really is a pain in the ass. Um, but it it kind of became the agent as the hero story of like this is the whole point of why we have them. They're not just oh, there to bring us. I am us never work. afraid to call my like I don't call my agent like yeah. every week and be like, "Hey, how was my audition?" But like right. I call them on a regular basis if I have like mm-hmm. industry questions, you know. Yeah, but that's the thing what people forget, you know, they're not just there to bring us work and bring us opportunities. They I- represent us. Yeah. There's a partnership there. There's a there's a relationship there. And somebody like myself, who's again so used to kind of running things myself, can even lose sight of that. And I, man, I mean, it was just and still is. It's such a relief to be able to go, they've got it. They're dealing with it. It's okay. I don't have to concern myself with this. And then he was so funny because he was like, Do you just want me to, you know, just to take care of and I was like, Yes, right. please. Just yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yours now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's just easier. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got a lot going on. I mean, you do coaching and you've got the gift of Gab uh, YouTube mm-hmm. channel and then you're a voiceover talent yourself and you dabble yep. in cat. What does yep. your average day look like? I know, I know no two are the same, but like, yeah. just, just curious. What's your, what's your day generally look like? It's not that bad. Um, I mean, sessions are my main priority. Mm-hmm. You know, the clients that I, be. the clients that I work with. Yeah. Um, so the majority of my time is spent in the booth for them. Mm-hmm. Um, a small percent is coaching. My, my coaching stuff is boutique. I, I tell people that all the time. I'm not, I'm not a demo mill. I don't crank things out at like an right. alarming rate. I, I work with people on a pretty selective basis. Um, you know, compared to some other companies, you know, I'm, I may be, Gosh, we were, we were actually doing figures on this the other day. We maybe make about a dozen and a half demos a year. And that's gotcha. pretty on point for us. We're okay with that because it's we can't get to know people the way we want to right. doing more than that. That would be absurd for the way I like to work. Mm-hmm. Um, Coaching-wise, you know, at any given moment, you know, I'm working with maybe 20 people and that's spread out you know, over however many weeks I see them. So same thing, Um, you know, and Gift of Gab, it's kind of funny because it's a well-oiled machine. Like I record the stuff and then I just go here and I have this lovely crew 
that takes care of everything else. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, if it weren't for Bonnie Williams and Rick McIver and the other folks that are doing all of this stuff for me, I would be SOL because <laughs> they, they handle all of it. I, I mean, I really, I have this amazing, amazing team of people mm -hmm. um, and they, they run it and make it look awesome and and yeah i mean we have you know meetings about it periodically throughout the year but uh, other than just me sitting down mm, probably four or five times a year to film um yeah the, it's it's there's not um there's not that much that i'm doing for that like on a on a daily or weekly basis gotcha okay yeah so, so what do you do outside of the booth what do you enjoy how do you oh! recharge those batteries I I have some odd hobbies. Uh, yeah, I would love to hear that. Now not I really surprising. want to hear them. Yeah, not surprising. Um, so I'm a collector. Um, I'm a collector of um oddities. Big surprise there. Um, literally and figuratively. Um, tattoos, artwork, uh, gems and minerals, which many people also know. I actually go mining and digging for. So yeah. sometimes when I'm not in the booth, I'm actually like up to a hole up to my shoulder, like covered in dirt. That's awesome. That's fairly common uh, to find me in. Um, I spend uh, a lot of time in the gem and mineral community and with people in and around that hobby. Um, I have a small museum in my house <laughs> of <laughs> stones and rocks. It's it's pretty funny. Um, and um, everywhere you turn, there's either a crystal or a skull somewhere, somewhere in my home. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Outside of crystals and gems, what is your most prized oddity? Oh, your man. most prized weird item. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, it will it will really freak people out. Bring it on. Um, Come on. It will really freak people out. Do it for the um, views. Come on. <laughs> okay. I I actually own a human skull. Do you? Where'd you yes. get it? Was yes. it like an, an I, X or something? Or like no, 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 no. I mean, I I do joke that one day I will drink the blood of my enemies from it, but uh -huh. but that's another day. Um, no, it is it is perfectly legal to own medical grade skeletal parts, uh -huh. and they have to be right. It's not. We're not talking like grave robbing stuff here. They had to have been used for educational, scientific, and medical usage. Mm. And that makes them illegal to buy and sell because they were um, basically volunteered for right. that purpose. Huh. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a friend who deals in exactly that. You and got a bone dealer? Cured me. I do. And he <laughs> cured me a skull. And his name is Henry, and he lives with me. He's delightful. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you were to write yourself a letter and you were going to send it back in time to when you were just a punk little radio kid, what, what, right before you started getting into VO oh on your God. own, what would you tell your old self? Oh my God. Um, I would tell me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, seriously. <laughs> Sit down, shut the fuck up. Listen, listen twice as much as you speak literally um that would be that would be really good mm. uh i would i would probably say go back and take go back and take more acting classes 
Okay. You know, because that, right. um, you can never have too many of them anyway. No. Mm -mm. And in my case, I think the biggest thing was just because you're young and you've done as much as you have, mm -hmm. it was kind of a don't, don't discredit the, um, the experiences of those who are around you that have, have accomplished the same, but who are right. older than you. Cause that right. was, that was sort of it. I was always the, the youngest person in the room and thought I was hot shit. And it was, mm, right. yeah. Yeah. There was something definitely of value from that, that I, I often missed. Yeah. So, so I have, I would have no problem knocking me down a few pegs back in the day. <laughs> Be happy to go back and do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So where can people find you and your amazing show and all of your coaching and your demos and all of the wonderful gifts of Gab? Yeah. Um, so GabrielleNistico.com is uh, all things coaching for me and the general happenings and the what's what. Um, Gift of Gab on YouTube. VoiceOverVixen.com is my actual voiceover page, my demos, all of that fun stuff. Social media, um, you look under any of those and you will find me here, there, and everywhere. Um, yeah, and just reach out. I mean, I'm I'm always down to chat. Uh, the running joke is if you like to gab, so do I. <laughs> well, thanks no for coming intended. on, man. Uh, this has been great. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, same here. This was awesome. Um, anytime. I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. I really hope you enjoyed listening to Gab share her journey and her knowledge on how to prevent overcorrecting your conversational reads. So maybe you can come across as a real person. If you'd like to get to know more about the gift of Gab herself or book her for coaching, you can visit her website at GabrielleNistico.com.